Welcome back to my podcast. This is Yureli Gaona, your host, and with me I have Liz, who's a receptionist, Valentina, who's a medical assistant, and Roxana, who's also a medical assistant, and I'll let them each introduce themselves. So, Liz? Hi, everyone. My name is Liz, and I'm a receptionist. I have been a receptionist for about five years now, six years or so. And um, I'm Latina, Mexican. Both my parents are Mexican, and I was born and raised here in California. Every day, I check in patients, answer the phones, uh, referrals, deal with insurances. So I'm constantly on the computer, on the phone, helping patients. You're the face of. Yes, I'm the face of the office, yes. <laughs> as you could say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Valentina. Hi everyone, my name is Valentina. I am a medical assistant and I was born and raised in Colombia. Um, both of my parents are Colombia and I moved here when I was 12, um, so I've been here for about 10 years. Um, my job description, I do I room patients for my provider. I do prior ops for procedures and medications. I process referrals and I take calls and messages. I've been a medical assistant for, I believe, three years. Three years. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Roxana? Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Roxana. I'm a medical assistant. Um, I do um, rooming, checking in patients, prior ops, dealing with insurance. I've been doing it for over 10 plus years. In my background, I'm also a, a Mexican with uh, both parents, both Mexicans. Um, they immigrated to, are yes. you like first generation? Uh, well, you were, you were I was born here. I was born uh, in Los Angeles and we moved up to Napa when I was eight years old. Uh, and I've been living here for ever since. Like your specialties, like you've had Valentina, like different specialties like yes. cardiology and neurology. Yeah, and primary care. And primary care. Mm -hmm. And Roxana? Internal medicine um, for many years, for over maybe seven years, and then neurology on and off. And that's where I'm at again. Mm -hmm. And then Liz, you had? Just specialty office. Um, so I was working at an allergist first for about four years, and now at urology for six seven months so yeah <laughs> almost a year yeah <laughs> almost a year um and so i mean when i'm doing this podcast to kind of find out because you guys are the first or the the people that have the most interactions you guys providers with the patients mm -hmm. i feel like the providers you know i'll see them in the room but i feel like you guys are i say we because i'm also a medical assistant are the ones that kind of deal with and talk to the patient and deal the with most. them the most mm -hmm. yes. and have that interaction yeah. and one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically to see like this culture and social economic status, like does it actually play a role in the way that patients have access to healthcare? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to have a journalistic discussion as to see, is it really affecting it in what ways and is there anything we can do to kind of you know, help fix that. Yeah. So I guess I would ask, like, how would you define culture? Like, what does culture mean to you, or how does that play a role in your life and then also at work? Like, do you see culture coming up into your work role? I think so. I mean, yes, I think it does I play agree. a big part. You know, the, 
culture is defined differently depending on how you were raised and mm-hmm. where you come from. So, for, like, culture for me and my household is going to be completely different from Valentina or Roxana. Right. And, you know, we're all Latinas, but it's just very differently. And, and you know, that plays a big part on how you interact with other people, I want to say. Right. Even you, know? you guys being, like, both Mexicans, like, you still have different beliefs. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. how your parents mm-hmm. brought you up. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, definitely. And then for you, do you feel, I know you're Colombian and... And so do you feel like a, uh, a difference in the way your culture was raised compared to like kind of like seeing yeah like a different um, yeah I feel like it is like different like not just because I'm from Colombia it would be different but just the way that my parents brought me up mm-hmm. I feel like it would be different like different beliefs and like you know just different traditions like Mm -hmm. we celebrate differently Mm -hmm. some things are like the same you know Mm -hmm. like some holidays could be the same but Mm -hmm. it can also be differently yeah Mm -hmm. like the food yeah especially the food (laughs) (laughs) um well i mean do you guys think culture plays a role in the way since health like you think culture that culture affects a role in a, a person's health from my experience i feel like you know talking about health is it's either a taboo or it's either like looked down upon and like you know oh no i'm strong enough i don't need to go to the doctor i don't need to be seen like i don't need to get a checkup because Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm strong i don't feel anything i feel good but in reality there could be something that's going on Mm -hmm. deeper or you know there is something that could be going on but just because you know you're you're machismo, you're, yeah. you're machismo, or, or no, I'm Latino, or I'm Latina, like, I'm okay, I don't need I don't to need go, to, yeah. I don't need it. Or it, just because you don't feel like you're sick, like, you don't believe in, like, regular checkups, you know, right. like, um, physicals, like, for, I, what? for my family, I don't <laughs> think, like, some of them are like, oh, what is that, like, go to the doctors, like, once a year to get checked up, like, you know, your bones, like, blood work. They don't know what that is because no. they feel fine. Yeah. They yeah. only go when they feel sick. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Even then. Emergency. Even yes. then. <laughs> Even then, like, you have to be really, really yeah. sick to, like, you almost have to be forced to go to the right. hospital. Like, okay, you have to go. Like, there's no choice. Like, you have to go now and seek medical profession for you right. to get better because yeah. you're just not listening. Yeah. 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 I think it does play a big part. Do you, I mean, do you guys say it's more in, like, a Latino culture or do you think it's other cult, like, culture and races that are kind of just the same way? Or do you feel like it's overall education? I think it's like some cult, different cultures, ethnicities as well. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had too, many, too much yeah. experience with other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, I've worked in the medical field here in Napa, which is primarily mostly Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So it's either you're white or you're Hispanic and there's a few very yeah. little in between, but it's mostly one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those two, if I were to work it, it, yeah, it's the majority. Yeah. If I were to work somewhere else where it's a more diverse city, then I would probably notice the difference or yeah. notice the differences between. But I think yeah. here it's not a it's, big, it's not a big, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Do you see culture as a barrier? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like yes? Roxana and I actually worked together, and we were talking about like the question, and um, it was brought up that there there's actually one of our patients, um, they're Middle Eastern. Yes, and um, he believes that you know it's m- men should work, not women. 
Um, and in our office, there's only women. There's mm-hmm. providers. Uh, providers that uh-huh. are women, and Roxana and I am the <clears throat> receptionist. We're all girls, so you know he feels he feels uncomfortable when he comes in to see us. That he's getting checked in by by a um, female, or mm-hmm. he's getting roomed at by a female, and being checked out by a provider that's a female. Yeah. So it, you know, it comes into play. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Be- me too. Me too. That's very interesting. I feel like sometimes in urology, where where I work, it's the opposite. Sometimes they want like. I get I get a female. Uh, a female that calls over the phone like a female patient or a male patient and they're like oh do you have any female providers I'm like well yeah we have one but we also have two male doctors and sometimes the female uh, patients when they call like oh I don't want the male provider to see to see me right. which is completely yeah like I understand di- it myself yeah right? yeah it's different how because she's a woman she feels like she needs to be seen by a woman but in this person's culture, what did you say it was? Middle East? Middle, Middle Eastern. Eastern. Yeah, he feels like, mm-hmm. well, no, why are you going to yeah. help me out? That's, yeah. that's yeah. very interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, besides that, I mean, I know, so culture, um, socioeconomic class, do you think that also has a De- barrier? Yes. Definitely. Yes. A 100%. Yeah. Even yeah. for myself, um, I was working in Vallejo. Mm-hmm. And um, the provider that I was working for didn't offer insurance. So <clears throat> I didn't have insurance for a few months, I would say probably three months or so. And then I applied um, and I was under co- covered California. Um, but the plan, you know, I would pay probably like a dollar. Um, but my co-pays were really high. Um, my deductibles were really high. So I ended up paying a lot from my own money, you know, mm-hmm. but it was hard because, you know, I wasn't getting paid as much. Like, Vallejo is an area where the minimum wage is actually not too high. Um, so I was paying a lot. And, you know, I can't afford it because I'm not getting paid as much as, you know, someone from Napa or from another area. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do think that it comes into play. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it, it really does. I think the majority fall under three categories right. either you're fil- you're wealthy or you're well off or you can afford or you work in a company where they can pay for all of your medical bills and you don't have to worry about any medical whatsoever because right. it's all covered or you make you don't make enough that you qualify for the medical programs that are offered mm-hmm. and then everything is covered for you you don't have to worry about anything right. or you fall into that category where you don't make enough or you don't work for the right place mm-hmm. or you don't you make too much to fall into the medical category so you're stuck in this okay. middle middle class. you know class that you if you call it middle class, quote unquote, middle middle, middle, middle of the middle class, class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you yeah. fall into that that you know class where you you're stuck mm-hmm. you're 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 just stuck and there's no way to to come there's, out of it yeah there's no yeah. resource there's no you. resource yeah. exactly there's no resource for that middle middle class who's working every single day right but not at the right company to get everything paid for but then if you stop working well then okay i can afford health care but now i can't afford to pay my bills now i can't afford right. to pay food now i can't rent right. so you're you're just stuck yeah, stuck. Mm-hmm. And then if you live in a place that's so expensive, exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so how would you guys say? Um, I mean, you guys experience this firsthand, firsthand with patients mm-hmm. where they they're kind of like 
I don't have insurance yes. to pay, I can't, I can't get care. Yes. yes. I mean, what do you do? Like, I, when I first started working at urology, so before I came to, uro, to urology, I was working at a private practice, which mm -hmm. is completely different than a so bigger corporation. Yeah, yeah. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. And so I was so used to just going to my billing department and saying, hey, we would talk it out like, hey, this patient doesn't have health insurance, but they really want to be seen. Like, can we work up a payment plan? Can we get a, give them a discount? Like it was yeah. instantly where we would come up with a solution for that patient. Mm -hmm. When I came here, because it's a bigger organization, can't. you can't do that. You can't just walk down the hall and go to your billing department and say, hey, can we help this patient? Mm -hmm. And so I was stuck. I was like, I don't know what to, what do I tell you? Like mm -hmm. I got a very brief quote of what an initial consultation could be. But I and they would ask me, can I make payment plans? Like, what is it? Right. Gonna, how much is it going to be? Well, exactly. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know who I can ask. I don't know who I can go to to get these answers. I, I said, I can give you the billing information phone number and maybe they can help you out. And a lot of the times they would just say, okay, then never mind. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the appointment. And they right. wouldn't make the appointment. And it and makes you feel bad because it does. you have no like Control. way to, yeah, to, to help you have out. no way to help mm -hmm. out. So you're not a good resource for that patient. No. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're like stopping care for a patient that needs it, needs like it. probably yeah. badly. Yeah. So and you're there reading the referral, like, oh my goodness, this patient has this and this and this, and they need to be seen. Right. But then you can't just tell them, oh yeah, I'll help you pay for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or yes, yeah. well, I promise you that you can make payment plans. Yeah. You can't do that. And yeah. so you're just kind of leaving it in your in their hands and up to them if they want to, you know, put themselves through accumulating all of that debt yeah. that it yeah. could it could easily go down that road and yeah. you're kind of stuck. I would say like working for neurology, it's, also hard to see like patients letting like letting them know hey this is how much it is for a consultation and not only that but sometimes they save up because we're scheduling so far out so they save up for the consultation you know they pay it but most of the time like they're going to need an MRI of the brain they're gonna need an EEG they're gonna need you know some type of test that's gonna be thousands mm -hmm. of dollars that mm -hmm. they can't you know they can't, can't afford. afford so you know, there was kind of like no point to the consultation exactly. because we won't have ans answers until we see the, see the images, image. you know? More, exactly. Our medications, yeah. and we have a lot of house housekeepers actually that are not, um, they don't have insurance and they come in and they pay out of pocket. They actually are, you know, willing to pay out of pocket mm -hmm. because they save up, but you know, there's only That's so much part. we can do because mm -hmm then they have to get an MRI or they, you know, just some type of imaging that they need, but we can't give them any resources and we can't give them a price either. They're no. like, oh, like how much do you know how much it is? Yes. Um, like maybe I can save up and I'm like, I'm sorry, okay. like I can't I give you a price. It's like thousands of dollars that you yeah. have to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you can't quote them exactly. No, you can't. And they'll be like, you told you me told this. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. exactly. And, and it comes hard. back to it you. Is hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you have yeah. to be very careful with the words you use as well because they'll <laughs> exactly. come and say, well, she told me it was going to be this much and now I'm getting a bill for this much and this much. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's definitely a hit or miss. Yes, yes. Um, 
I mean, how do you deal with patients like respectfully when they're struggling financially and when they can't afford it? Because I imagine that's hard, especially for you as the yeah. leader in the front. Mm-hmm. It is really hard, especially when when you start having a conversation with them and you kind of get to know them a little bit within those 10, 15 minutes that you're on the phone with them. Right. It's hard. And, and you kind of just... You kind of just have to, what I do when I'm speaking to the patients, I just kind of say, this is how much it's going to be is an estimate for the first consultation, depending on how um, uh, complex and length and complexity of your appointment is, not including any additional procedures that that may need to be done. And I kind of just repeat the same thing so that it kind of, numbs me a little bit so that when the next patient comes that doesn't have health insurance i kind of just say the same thing again mm-hmm. because if i divert from there then then i'm putting myself in a situation where i can't help them mm-hmm. and then i don't want to go there because then then i'm stuck mm-hmm. so i kind of just leave it as as my little script that i use and mm-hmm. if they choose to then it's on them and they can come back and have their appointment and then you go from there yeah I mean is there programs do you feel like the programs what are in place to kind of help and assist actually help them or do you feel like not like what do you mean by programs I know like financial assistance through like organizations or you know like stuff like that so like maybe like partnership kind of thing or like no, operation um, access like the hospital has uh, like so, financial so the, you know? the there is a difference between the two. Okay. So in so I found out during my research that there is financial assistance and payment plans through the hospital, mm-hmm. but not for outpatient. So outpatient and inpatient are two completely different things. So as of now that I know of, mm-hmm. in an inpatient um, so setting, there is. But if they're an outpatient, no, there is no. So they have to pay everything completely out of pocket. And when you see a specialist, it's even more More. expensive than just going to. So like you can go to your primary care physician and get a regular checkup and it's probably like $100, 200, uh, you know, 150. But then when you see a specialist, that increases just for the consultation, not including any procedures that they need to get done. That's all additional. So everything runs on, on CPT codes the providers are gonna build bill just like they would any insurance just on the CPT codes and yeah. usually there's contracts between the you know the organization and the insurance and how much they're gonna pay. Well, that contract is not there for private pay patients. So the patient has to pay everything out of pocket. Yeah. And most of the time when they go to a specialty, you know they're gonna need procedures and yep. they need surgery. Yep. And mm-hmm. so like that's, that's expensive. expensive. The surgery part up. could possibly, because it's inpatient, be just completely like separate, and they could be financial assistance for that. But even if it's outpatient, um, oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. If even if it's outpatient, I believe that they have to pay out of pocket. If if they go through the emergency room, it would uh-huh. be considered inpatient. But if it's something that's being scheduled outside of the ER, it's considered outpatient, uh-huh. and that's private. Oh. Well, there you go. I learned something new today. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how it is. And I mean, I feel like healthcare overall should be free. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, do you guys think that would even help with all these barriers? I think so. 
or do you feel like people will be willing to go to the doctor more now that it's like okay it's oh yeah yes oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah because i feel like a lot of people don't go because they're like well i can't afford it right or or they didn't help me last time so i'm gonna go again yeah yeah for what so they can charge me again Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes like you know your insurance is only gonna cover so much right and some people are not aware that they have deductibles so if you know they go in for a visit and something and there meets their deductible then they're gonna get a bill for it Mm -hmm. and they're just gonna be surprised Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it stops them yeah even patients that have insurance they also do get you know every insurance is different so that also adds to it what do you think will be some of like the issues that will come up with health healthcare basic i mean i think it'll be like doctors would be overworked and then you know their staff as well just because a lot of people would be willing to go to the doctors more mm-hmm. I mean I don't know if that would be the case but I feel like people would want to be going to the doctors you know it's free like might as well get care mm-hmm. um, so there will be a lot of people feeling like overworked overwhelmed do you think healthcare providers would get paid less I, I think so I don't know I mean, if it's a free a free system, mm-hmm. would it be um, like cheaper in a way because it's free to go in and you don't have to pay for it? And now the workers are going, the healthcare workers are going to be just doing their jobs, but they're not going to get paid as much because either a the government is going to pay for it all and pay like how people are getting paid by insurances, or they're going to get paid by contract because it's the government. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's true. So it's like That's how true. how would it work if healthcare was actually free? Would it mm-hmm. be I mean how does it work in other countries? I believe Canada has like a free mm-hmm. okay. But I think I think it's I don't know if it's just preventative care. I think Spain and might be one that's like free mm-hmm. or going to because um, I know other countries have free yeah. healthcare, but I think it might be preventative and since it's their like specialty. I think that might be like their own charge mm-hmm. that they have to pay. But I mean, I think as long as we get free preventative healthcare mm-hmm. or like basic healthcare for free, yeah. I feel like that would just be a huge help overall because then people would get used to actually going to the doctor mm-hmm. because it comes back to patients not wanting to go to the doctor unless they're really sick. Mm-hmm. And even when they're sick, like you said, they... They're like, I'm not going to go. Like, I'll go when I'm like, okay, I can't breathe anymore. Yeah. Or I'm bleeding and I cut myself so bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you guys found um, a lot of family members that go and translate for like um, a lot of um, patients that don't speak Mm -hmm. English? And then they they have like the oldest daughter or oldest son or like, you know, somebody that takes care of them. And I know in neurology, you guys have that a lot. And then there's patients with dementia. And then there's, you know, the caregivers helping. Like, how do you guys deal with a cultural barrier? And then, like, patients with dementia or patients that can't take care of themselves. Like, how does that work? Yeah, we do see that very often where they take their son and their grandchild um, to somebody to be there with them and try to interpret everything that the doctor says. But yet again, we were discussing that sometimes it doesn't go as it should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things get lost. Um, so sometimes it works. Some, 
Sometimes it doesn't, uh, but we do have the translating, which I know yeah, like certain these, doctors like yeah. to use. Mm-hmm. Um, we or I mean, I you use. guys need to translate. I mean, do you guys feel comfortable enough to translate for these patients? You know what I mean, like. I mean, for the most part, I feel like I am, but there are certain terms that I just, you know, I would like to word it exactly how the doctor is saying it, but I just can't. Like, it's just like... So, and sometimes you can't, you can't translate exactly the way that they, mm-hmm. they, they you know, mm-hmm. that they're they are saying. saying it. Because sometimes also you try to translate it with all these fancy words, and the patient doesn't understand. Yeah, they're like, they're not used yeah, to they're like, what are you talking words. about? Like, yeah. what does that yeah. even mean? Like, I've never even heard of these words before. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't understand where you want me to go. Where yeah. you want me to go? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand any of this. Right. And and it's you, you kind of have to, like, not not dumb down the language, but just speak in a in a slang language where the patient feels what comfortable with what you're saying yeah. because. You know, like you, you're gonna go over here and say all these big medical terms. They're gonna look at you like, what, what was that? What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. What no. was the point of me coming? Like you're telling me things I don't even understand in my, and you're speaking in my language. Like yeah. I don't understand how do you. you. How, how does that make them feel? You exactly. Know? And some words like, like, for me, like, since I'm from Colombia, you know, the words that I I could say that they're not the same for you guys. Yeah. Like, from you guys that. You guys are Mexicans, like mm-hmm. you guys don't understand certain words, and it could be like the smallest thing. It could be like a fruit. It could be like an action, mm-hmm. and it's you guys it are like what? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Why I've never heard that. Yeah, never what does that even that? mean? Or it could be offensive to the to the mm-hmm. um, patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys think that in healthcare it should be that you're like Spanish certified yes. to like translate? Yes. I think so. Yeah, but we like should use the translator. So you guys are provided with like iPads? Yes. Or like do you guys have a, a third party translator? Yes, we I do. I think it depends. It depends on who the patient is. I think I think if sometimes if they're a younger person who's more like, you know, I don't know how to say it, like they're more like they're, they're just a younger patient who who's you know not in their like seventies, mm-hmm. then I think it's easier to communicate you know, with, with that's someone that's, older. yeah, it's with the older patients that sometimes they just, yeah, you know, like, it's harder, like, okay, we, we need someone who knows a little bit more Spanish than just, yeah. you know, like, the, it's the basic, interesting the slang. Though, because I think here, um, obviously, we do, we know we have that system, but in, like, an instance, my dad, uh, we went to Reno, and he had a heart attack, and you know there was like no hispanics latinos nobody and if it wasn't for me being there trying to you know translate there's a barrier there's a language barrier and they had no like system to translate you know like they're like oh our phones are down or you know whatever but there was nobody to do to do that so i was very shocked actually and i'm like i guess we are very spoiled living here in california because there's a mix of of culture of races yes Mm -hmm. very and for you it would be you know easier because you're in the medical field yeah and even there even then it's a little harder because they they're speaking to you in like different words like you know they have different wording 
but even then it's like hard for you but at the same time yeah. you were in the medical lucky enough to be in the medical field Which to understand yeah. yeah but yeah it was very interesting actually you know it's interesting you say that because my mom she lives in sacramento so she lives mm-hmm. an hour away from here and she when every time she has her doctor's appointments her english isn't that great she's able to communicate but then when you really want to express yourself it, express herself she it's a little more difficult yeah. so they have to put a someone over the phone and it takes so long for the doctor to be able to translate yeah. that the entire appointment is spent on trying to translate and she never gets her point across using mm-hmm. these translators. Yeah. And so she gets so frustrated at the fact that she's not able to communicate and they're like, there's nobody there that can help me. Mm-hmm. Like in person, like there's no one there that can help me. Like we have to spend all this time wasted on a phone trying to figure it out and then I have to leave and they never help Nothing me. Gets Nothing done. gets done. Yeah. So, I mean, there goes through your whole appointment time, and the doctor's like, okay, well, we got to go because I have the next patient coming in. And so, time is up. Time is up. (laughs) Your time is up. Next. Mm -hmm. And so, I think, yes, it's good to have those, you know, um, what did you say? The iPad translators or service or or being certified, but at the same time, sometimes... You have to, you have to with the flow. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like it's much more difficult to get that, and sometimes patients feel more comfortable with an actual human yes, speaking sure. to you versus someone over the iPad yes. or someone over the phone. That's mm-hmm. very true. Like yes. even my patients, my provider likes for me to use the iPad, um, but even then, once I bring out the iPad, like some patients are like, "Oh, so you're not gonna be translating for me?" I'm like, "No, I'm sorry. Like, you know, your appointment's an hour long. <laughs> I have paperwork to do, so I can't stay here." But some of yeah. some of them actually like that it's you know an iPad. At least that they have some sort of um, translate. So, mm-hmm. I feel like it also when you're translating through a device, if it's not video, there's a lack of translation yes. because during cultures, I think we're a lot of Latinos, you speak with your hands. Yes. yes. You do a lot of yes. face expressions. Yes. And so I feel like if you're translating over the phone, you lose a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then that's kind of like, well, is there a lack? Do we fully understand yes. what I was trying to say? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's like that's very, very true. Us Latinos like to like, oh, it, it hurts like right here. Like, <laughs> and, and how how do you say that to or someone like, who's speaking yeah. to you? Like, oh, it's it's like right there, you know, like under underneath here, or I get something back here. Like, there's yeah. just you know, yeah. we communicate a lot with our body. We're very like body you language ask forward. Them to point, yeah. and they're like, like right, right here. here. They don't know the name. It's just no, it's right just right there. here. Oh, like every time I breathe, it hurts like like right here. <laughs> How do you how do you translate that over the phone? Like, oh, the doctor doctor he said it hurts when he does that. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see him doing that. Like, okay, you know. So yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's hard for them to describe what exactly hurts because yeah, they don't like, even know the term. Like, yeah, how to like express, you know, like they don't know what like right a term like my oh. belly button, but not right underneath. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like to hard. the side, but not to the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, do you guys have any other com- comments or concerns about like just this issue, or in what ways, if you could, what in what ways could you guys make a difference, or what do you, would you like things to happen so that this could be? I mean, it's always gonna come up. There's always gonna be a cultural barriers and language barriers because obviously we're you know there's so many different cultures and and languages. But like how in healthcare, how what's a way to I guess kind of fix this 
or make it better so there's not a lack of and it's available for patients and they feel like they can come in and you know be seen and feel like oh well I'm not going to go because nobody speaks Spanish or nobody speaks my language you know mm-hmm. and what would you guys suggest or what comments do you guys have we're in the process or I mean I can speak for our company mm-hmm. um I, we're not fully there yet you know like like Liz was saying we don't have resources for the patient who doesn't have insurance like you know that's somewhere that or something that we need to fix that we need to provide more resources for those patients who need to pay out of pocket we need to make it more accessible for them um but as in terms of translating there's always going to be that issue you know like if they would have a family member translating they're going to be holding back because they're not you know they don't want to open up or the family member is not translating correctly and if we have a have an ipad or a you know a third party translating um it's not the same as a as an actual person but you know like we're providing those resources that we have so like I would say like as the receptionist or medical assistant like we're in the middle providing for the patients like you know if the patient needs you know they don't speak Spanish or I'm sorry if they like speak Spanish and the provider doesn't we provide those resources so that they can meet in the middle you know Mm -hmm. so I think like we are the the ones in the middle trying to make the patient's visit as comfortable as we can mm-hmm. so it's important to be well trained mm-hmm. yes I think it's I think there should be a person designated to translate certain yes. languages yes in the office I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. it should be a service that's provided mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know with COVID and everything it's kind of like iPads work great because we can mm-hmm. do sometimes video calls but sometimes video calls don't work you have to be like over the phone mm-hmm. yeah and so that's hard but I, I don't know if you disagree. I feel like there should be somebody designated to translate, to be certified to translate. Mm-hmm. I know partnership. I was going to, yeah. Do, partnership but I think because that. of COVID, they, they really don't, they stopped. or right? They were doing it, I believe, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if there's, unless they were given up the choice, they would go. They would go. Yeah. But I believe it's over the phone. It is over like the phone. It's no, we had, we had um, like one or oh, two patients right. that they That's would come why in, they, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the patient. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like that, part of the way Partnership provides that service, I feel like insurances should, should. provide that service. Well, yeah. they're going to be charging you all this money right. to have yeah. all right. this, like, you know, you might as well provide everything that could be possible if you're going to be charging me you know yeah. $150 a month for my premium mm-hmm. well exactly. I think I should come with yes. everything included right yeah and yeah. I think we should also be trained or like you know if we're going to be translating for the like patient certified. I think we need to be certified like we need to learn these terms like even as myself like I, Spanish is my first language but there are certain terms that I'm just like oh wait I need to look it up yes very yes 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 exactly Mm -hmm. for sure yes and then if the patients don't know medical Spanish it's like then how do I explain yeah like Liz was saying yeah yeah like you know sometimes you don't know those those words or Mm -hmm. or if you do you're gonna be telling them all these big words and they're like 
don't understand you. Yeah. I still don't understand you. You're right. speaking to me in my native language. <laughs> like, what is happening yeah. here, you know? Yeah. Like the swing Spanish. Yes, swing yeah. Spanish. Like the medical Spanish. Yes. Like there's so many times. And you sometimes have to combine all three of them. Yeah. With, to you know, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do the hand gestures, the yeah. facial expressions, <laughs> the words, everything, yeah. everything. I think as a as a receptionist point of view, I think that there should be also like someone that you could go to mm -hmm. to ask these questions. Like, yeah, I think that you need to have someone who who is constantly figuring out. Okay, they asked this question. Let's figure it out. What are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. Let's, uh, you know, there should be that point of contact that you can go to and say, Hey, I have this situation come up. Help me. Like, yeah, how do I fix this? I think this? in such a big company, like there should I, be. I don't have no. someone to go to, like, no. like a care I, coordinator. Yeah, mm -hmm. like if there I, is no I have an issue, like I have to figure it out myself, yeah. or yeah. otherwise, or you that's know, it. this patient's that's care it. is not gonna be. No. Mm -hmm. We'll get back yeah. to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and you just say, I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah. And then you feel and so bad. Yeah. Because you, you can't help them as much as you want. Like, shouldn't you wish you just had money sitting in the bank? Too? <laughs> let me pay for your, for your procedure, for your MRI. Like, you know, like. Yes. Let me yeah. help you. Or let yeah. me give you this number of this person who knows all the answers and she's going to tell yes. you everything or he's going to tell you everything you need to know. Yes. I mean, I feel like a lot of patients because cultural and socioeconomic status I feel like they don't get that health care that they need and I feel like if they were gone to the doctor to get preventative services a lot of long-term procedures could have been avoided yep. yes, cancer sure. could have been caught on earlier. Way earlier diabetes could have been caught yes. on and controlled they didn't have to mm -hmm. agitate cancer yep. yeah like, you know like all those things mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so I think that's why I wanted to make this conversation because it's like it's important especially in a culture where going to the doctor is not priority. No. It's mm -hmm. only if you really need it. Mm -hmm. And then when they go, it's like, well, it's a little too late. It's sometimes. a little too late. We can't do anything. And then their their um, I was gonna say perspective, perspective, <laughs> um, their perspective, their perspective on the doctors. Healthcare. It's like, oh, well, you you can't you help, help me. me. Why yeah. am I going to? Yeah, go? right. And then they tell their their friends, oh, well, I went to the doctor and he didn't even do anything to me. And then the friends like, well. See, that's why I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, word yeah, of mouth yeah. is so powerful yeah. that, yeah. you know, they're going to be like, well, see, you're wasting your money there. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're, there you was know, no so point in the money. All they want. Yes. They just want the yeah. money. They <laughs> just want the money. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Like, well, they win so much money. They just, I'm just a number. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, they, or, or they'll say, oh, they don't even do anything to me. Why do you want me to go? <laughs> they just <laughs> ask questions. They just ask questions. Yeah, they just ask questions. They, if, if the provider did not even touch them, listen to their heart, be like, he didn't even touch me. He didn't even actually check my body out to see. And a lot of the time when they go to the doctors, they don't need to physically touch them no. because there's imaging, there's symptoms, it's a lot of history, yeah. you know? And so I feel like, especially in our culture, I've noticed that if the doctor does not, or provider does not come in, like do a physical exam, they feel like, oh, he did, he doesn't know what's wrong with me. He didn't yeah. inform me. Yeah, and or so like, I feel there's... like that's very important because yes. then that's just like, well, I'm not going back because mm -hmm. I don't like her. She didn't actually figure what's up wrong with me, yep. mm -hmm. even yeah. though she didn't need to physically yeah. examine mm -hmm. me, right? I think it also has to do with a lot of education, yes. Like yes. education on the patient's part, mm -hmm. like you know. 
I know that us as younger people who are growing up, like we're being more educated and we, we understand, right. but I feel like the older generations that haven't had that education just in general of how doctor's appointments work and mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. stuff, I feel like it's more difficult for them to get the help that they need because of that reason that yeah. they don't understand. Like, you know, I don't need to be physically touched. Like you said, like mm-hmm. they'll just by having a conversation, mm-hmm. go getting my blood work done, go getting an image. They'll know exactly what's, what's happening yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so they just take it as, Oh, they just want money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's where it goes. Yeah. It's yeah. all about the money. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes also with different different countries. I feel like if there is that where they come from, healthcare is not accessible and it's not provided, mm-hmm. then that's where they get this, you know, um, structure of saying like, oh, well, it's fine. I don't need to. I survived without a doctor. Yeah. And I've yeah. heard a lot of people say, well, I didn't never go to the doctor. I'm like, I am mm-hmm. fine. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they have this mentality that, oh, I, I don't need it. I'm fine. And so they it goes down to generations oh, yeah. it goes down of like oh no we're not gonna go because yeah. until you're really sick mm-hmm. and so i feel like if these countries or if healthcare world worldwide was just at least preventive if basic healthcare would be free and available to everybody like it would make them go in and so when they find like moles or they find you know something that's off their goal would be like hey this isn't normal and then things can can get caught on pretty mm-hmm. early i yeah. feel like that would be something that would to like help a lot but it's like how do you do that yeah. like there's so many other things that come into play which is so hard mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but I think it starts with I guess more people being aware of it and trying to make a difference mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of things people can do but I feel like it's such a big problem how do you tackle it yeah. yes yeah like how do you start yeah that's, and that's the question like how do you start to tackle it yeah exactly you have anything else I mean obviously we would all want healthcare to be free mm-hmm. that would be the perfect picture right mm-hmm. but I think like you said is having more resources more resources mm-hmm. available insurance is having more resources available mm-hmm. for patients I mean what else could mm-hmm. more training 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 mm-hmm. and just like being aware of the patients you know language or background which is hard, you know, because you already have a lot going on, but just being aware of their language, their background, it helps you be the person in the middle that can provide that mm-hmm. extra help that they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where it's very important that people that are in healthcare actually really care exactly. yeah, about exactly what they what do in their say. job. Because if somebody that just comes to work their eight to five mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you can't pay for it, well, that's too bad on yeah. the next person, right? I feel like. It, if you're in healthcare, you really need to care and you really need to be like, okay, well, I'm here to help somebody. Mm-hmm. I kind of put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. as a patient. Yes. Or like my parents. Or your mm-hmm. family. And yes. I'm like, how would I want them to treat my parents when I'm not there? Like, yeah. that's the way I view things mm-hmm. as a medical system. It's like, if I was there and my parents were there, how would I treat them? And I think that's very important. And it there's is. a lack from any person, receptionist, medical assistant, nurse, provider it starts this issue of like, well, they didn't help me on my way back. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like you said, training is very important. Having resources, knowing who to go to Mm -hmm. when you have questions. Mm -hmm. Because then you're kind of like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. And then you build this like wall of like, well, I couldn't help them next. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like yep. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, uh, I don't know. Next. That's it. And that's yeah. it. And then you start creating this internal. Th- then th- the willingness to care starts to die down. Yeah. Because yeah. you and do it so often. You do it so often, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I've already asked. I've asked. I've asked. I've asked. And now, because I've asked so many times, I feel like now I'm either a bothersome or I'm at risk of losing my job and I can't lose my job so yeah. then you kind of just stop you have to go with the other okay guys well thank you so much for being part of my podcast yeah of thank course you <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you guys in my next episode thank you